You've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, co-opted, run amok, soldier, white Jesus to pop the empire you up. bought the binary, you rendered under Caesar, all cause your cathedrals needed more cedar. You sold another neighbor, was seated at the table, all for the major goal to hold the scrolls in your favor. Share gospel with the slaves, with precision of arrows, with a 632 time, nine holes with Pharaoh. All hail to God of comfort, convenience, and power. This land is ours, privilege and powers, not for the cowards. Pride of placement adjacent to sacred cows. You wanna fight what's righteous? You won't hope for the hopeless. Your gospel says it all. You wanna hold the future? Well, you're tripping in the moment. Welcome to another episode of 6060. We will be opening the bonnet and having a lot of self-examination with this one when we are navigating the topic of whether we have lost our grip on the gospel. I think a lot of you might enjoy or sympathise or be challenged by the things that are said in this. Um, it will be broken up into two parts or so. Um, certainly by all means, join us on this journey as we begin to unpack the, the realities of what happens when we really do lose our grip on the gospel. So the topic was, um, was it, have we lost... Have we lost our grip on the gospel? I think we've lost the suitcase, not the grip. <laughs> not just the grip. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? <laughs> uh, I've always said for a while we need to do the we need to change the way we do church. I think it should be all about, it should be the gospel. It should be all about um, the gospel, main mainly the gospel, mainly um, to do with souls and winning people to Christ. I've said that for a while. It's interesting you say that. To be fair. Because with me doing research into this, it did um, it did end up with me pulling that thread mm. um, on how um, there's like almost like two types of churches. There's one that's biblical, but there's another one that has a different model. But it's you can almost preempt that it's because of how they view the gospel in in a sense. Um, mm. So hopefully we should be able to go down that rabbit hole. Then, mm. uh... I mean, we had a service some weeks ago, and it was one of the best um, services I fe- I felt. Um, and it was really uh, people. Um, I think it was one of the youth services, and it really was about the gospel. I think that was the one that um, Anita sang, and there was a a, a picture of. Christ on the cross and the whole service was about the gospel and to me that's where it's at and at the end of the, the day someone well they put their hand up um, I don't know what, what happened with that but it certainly touched people to the effect that they wanted to 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 to, to know more about the Lord or to to give their lives to Christ and to me that's what we should be about um, that's the main thing that I think we should be about as a church you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
Um, And I'm not saying that um, other things that we do aren't gospel, if you like, or, but I think that that's, that just that essence of, you know, we are, we are sinners. We need Jesus. This is why Jesus came. You know, we need that, you know, in, 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 in our day when we're growing up, you know, um, we had a lot of people, um, um, ministers who that's all they were about you know um that's how i got saved because the gospel had been preached over and over again mm. you just couldn't resist christ because we were preaching christ and him crucified christ and you know heaven hell all of this you know um for me that was that's that's where we should be at mm. but you know i can say because you're not the only person who's mentioned that and i think that um, you are probably referencing the same the same time period. Mm. Um, mm. So I think that's quite interesting. How mm. can... I mean, revival just broke out because we were just preaching Jesus. We were just preaching Jesus, Christ, mm. and Him crucified, and you know it was um, amazing how the Word of God impacted on us in those days. Mm. Oh. Sister Evelyn, uh, what do you think has changed since that time? It's a good question. I mean, you know, as I said, we, we, we not. I don't think we're preaching Christ and in crucified so much. I think we. I, I mean, what we what we preach is important, you know, because the whole Bible. You know, you've got to preach the whole Bible, but but um, I, I just feel that somehow we've. You know, you can go to a service and not hear a message about Jesus Christ and him crucified and, you know, come to know the Lord. You know, um, hell is real. Heaven is real. Um, you know, salvation is real. You know, come to know Jesus, you know, come out of your sins and, and come into Christ. You know, Christ can forgive you of your sins, um, you know. That that essence of the, the the gospel, I think we need to hear that every every time we we meet. But that's my personal opinion, you know, because you also have the church who people are saved, but they need to grow. So it's about what is you know when we get together, what are we really? Um, what is the main thing that we're trying to put across? Because we've got a mix of audiences, haven't we? We've got um of audience i should say we have um saved and we have unsaved so you know what, what do you what do you put are we preaching to the saved or we're preaching to the unsaved you know and i just think the gospel will cover you know what if we hear about christ over and over again about the gospel about his love his his um compassion heaven hell whatever i think that those who are unsaved those who are saved will be convicted if they're not living right you know that's just me you know i just have a passion really for souls to be honest um i guess one of the sorry did you have something you wanted to say pranvi or well i just wanted to bear witness really to um sister evelyn's passion for the lost since I've been in the church, I've seen her work and her commitment to bringing in people, you know, over the years. I remember one lad, young lad called Warren. 
Oh gosh, Warren. Yeah, Warren. Bless him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, um, so things seem to have gone. We've come a long way since those days, and um, yeah, I think I share your concerns about not preaching Christ. Mm. I think they people would perhaps feel. Many of us feel we're preaching Christ, but how does it stand up to scriptural scrutiny? Mm. And I have um, I have eight observations which I've noticed from Scripture, which can point us whether we are actually whether we have a grip on the gospel or not. And the first one is: Are we preaching repentance? Yes. That's something to think about. Are we preaching repentance? Because when you look into the Gospels, the first thing that turns up with Jesus and John the Baptist and the apostles before and after they were sent, if you like, in their, on their missions, after their training, is repentance. And if you study repentance in the Bible, you begin to see a very, very clear picture of how important repentance actually is. And it's become unfashionable, I think, these days. So that's a problem, and I think we lose our grip on preaching uh, on the gospel when we stop preaching repentance mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And I think there is a big debate going on amongst some evangelicals about what exactly is repentance, whether it's necessary or not. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. Is repentance necessary? There's some guy called Andy Stanley who's causing a bit of a stir. His name sounds familiar. You know, and he is the son of Charles Stanley, who's a, an evangelical preacher, uh, speaker. Yeah. But, you know, this guy, I'd say he's definitely lost a grip on the gospel. And deceivers like him question whether we should be preaching repentance. <laughs> and this is the problem. And people get influenced wholesale, you know, by these kinds of preachers you know, that are standing in the way of the gospel. So not preaching repentance, that is a grave crime and a grave sin. And people will be judged harshly because it is a, it is a fundamental doctrine of scripture. I don't care if it's the 21st century or whether it's going to be the 22nd century, repentance is going to be there till the end. Mm. Dare we take that assumption that repentance is no longer necessary? Because mm, I guess I could, um, it, I feel like it, you're pulling on threads that pulls on to like the bigger thing. Um, well, I don't want to jump into that just yet because I feel like you almost have to like lay the foundation. Um, but yeah, it's like you say, it's like if these things are happening, it's almost as if we have to like, kind of like take stock and actually find out. It's like one of the opening questions I had was, what is the gospel? And that's, it sounds like a silly question, but, um, and to be fair, I'm not just saying like to knock them, but um, with working with Emily and um, and Jessica, oh, with uh, the Sunday school teaching of the youth, like the teenagers, um, that's one question that we've been regularly asking since we started this year. And um, again, it's no fault of their own, but we haven't had one Sunday when they're there, anyone 
hit the nail on the head. It has been very much um, the kids that you'll ask them, what's the gospel? Oh, um, it's like reading your Bible, or it's praying, things like that, that, okay, yeah, it's an element of it, but that's not the the main thing. So like, what what is the gospel? It's, you know, there's, I use when you use the question of, oh, um, you know, there's a, a symbol that's, you know, usually synonymous with Christianity that you might be able to, and even then that wasn't enough to kind of jog the memory. Um, and even when talking with um, with the family about it, um, I mentioned that there was this Chinese proverb that I heard was just like, um, there's no such thing as bad students, only bad teachers. And again, it's not to like start casting, um, casting stones at anybody, but it's, it is a case of, well, how, how bad is it? Do we really need to like just pump the brakes, pull in, take a pit stop and just ask everyone, are we on the same page? Like really like what, what is the gospel? I'm hoping that at least everybody here knows what that is, but saying like people to have like 11, like maybe 14, 15 people in there would, we all agree on the same thing. That's a question that I've got in the back of my mind. And then on the basis of that, um, it then begins to pull on the threads um, on how it affects things. So obviously like with the discussion we had last week, and not last week, um, in our last session, that topic is very difficult to handle if you don't understand the gospel. <laughs> And I've noticed that when when applying it, it's just like um, you find it difficult, yes, but when you understand it and you begin to apply it, it's like okay, I'm being challenged, and I'm being challenged because I'm growing. If you don't understand the gospel, then what we talked about last time just seems like folly. It just seems like utter utter folly. So it's it again, yeah, it's, it's an open question, but I guess yeah, if more people here would be able to to break that in further but i would hope that at least everybody here would know exactly what the gospel message is or if they do would they be able to share it so at least those who are listening will be able to say oh okay you know i agree on this or maybe i had this slightly wrong well i'd say it's the good news yeah mm -hmm. now i'll just let the others, I don't know if they want to agree with that or not. For me, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. I've even gone far as to say Jesus is the gospel. And if you want to preach a gospel, you're preaching Christ, just like Philip preached to the eunuch Jesus from the scripture. Preaching the gospel is preaching Jesus. Paul says the preaching, preaching of the cross refers to Jesus. So it's just an old English word, God's spell which means good news, good tidings. But I hope as Christians, we all know what the gospel is. Because <laughs> <would> be. <laughs> I don't know how we can be Christians if we don't have the good news. Oh, totally. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I think... Um, I think part of our problem, I think, um, and again... Um, I think we, we've, we've always got to, if, if you're going to talk about a particular thing, I think we need to always define what that thing is that we're talking about, you know. So, so it would be interesting for us to define what church is, you know. And um, 
and and um, to get a definition of church, you got to go back to where church began. And if church doesn't look like what the um, the original thing was, then you got to ask yourself, have we got church or we got something else? I think the apostle. Paul, um, I think it's the Apostle, no, it, it's not the Apostle Paul, it might be James or John. Um, they talk about, um, the, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about, yes, it is the Apostle Paul, he talks about preaching another gospel, you know. Um, so, so anybody who, if we, if we are able to define the thing, and anybody do anything that does not reflect and does not resemble that thing, then they're not preaching the gospel, you know? <clears throat> but, um, and, and the, the scripture does give um, some pretty neat and, and comprehensive definition of what the gospel is, which, um, which, which um, I've got a scripture, which I will come to after, but before I even come to that, um, I was looking um, yesterday at, um, a scripture in um, St. Luke, um, well, actually, the last chapter of St. Mark. Yeah, St. Mark, um, chapter 16. And, and if, if I just read it a little bit, and then um, I just read it a little bit, and um, what we will see, Jesus, it's, it's really about the, um, the two disciples on the way from Emmaus, and they... Jesus um, joined force with them and they get into conversation. Now, of course, they didn't know what the gospel was um, at that time. Well, no, no, I'm not, I won't say that they didn't know, but um, Jesus gave them a lesson in the gospel. He told them they were concerned about what had happened, that Jesus, whom they had faith and trust in, he had he had been crucified, and they said, and we were looking towards this man that he would be the one that would um, actually bring about the salvation of Israel. But um, they crucified him, and then and then they started talk to themselves, and they says, and and recently, we have heard that um, you know people are saying that he's risen, you know, and um, and then here is the thing. Now Jesus begin to teach them the gospel. Because he goes back to Moses, he, he begins to expound to them of all the things that should, and he, he, he upbraided them. And I like that word, um, um, Sister Evelyn, Brother um, Parambir, Brother Reese. I, I love that word upbraided. And I tell you why I like it. Some people say, you, you know, somebody might say, you like to be upbraided. Well, Jesus. It depends who's doing the upbraiding. Jesus, if Jesus upbraids me, he upbraids me for a purpose and a reason. If Jesus called me fool and slow of heart to believe what the prophets have said, it's different from if Paramvir or Reese or Evelyn were to say that to me. Why? Because you don't know thoroughly the mechanism that's in my head. You don't know thoroughly um, where I sh really should be as, a, as opposed to where I am. But Jesus knew where the disciples should have been and they were not where they should have been. And it was not, and it, 
And so he called them, you fools and slow of heart to believe. Now that's a strong rebuke. He upbraided them, the scripture said, and he, and he called them, you fool and slow of heart to believe. In other words, by those rebuke coming from Jesus to those men, it is telling us something very, very sure that the question and challenges and difficulties that they were having, they should not have been having it. That's why Jesus called them slow of heart and fools. Because um, they should have at their stage, uh, other people probably not, but they should have, the apostles, the disciples, they should have. They shouldn't be questioning what other people are questioning because Jesus did not, when Jesus told them about what was going to happen to him, well, what they saw him doing in his ministry, nobody told them. They saw it for themselves. They were eyewitnesses, you know, so they knew what had happened. And it wasn't just one eyewitness. There were a multitude of eyewitnesses seeing him raising Lazarus, seeing him turn, you know, blessing the, 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 the few little fishes and, 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 and the, the, the loaves of bread and, and a multitude being fed, walking on the water, you know, and casting out demons, healing the sick, you know, restoring sight to the blind, you know, doing all those incredible things. They were eyewitnesses of all those things, you know, and yet um, they... Lazarus being brought back from the dead after, not after the first day, but after he was well, well on the way to stinking according to the story. Yeah? Um, and they saw Jesus do all those things. And yet they were slow and believing. Jesus had <clears throat> carefully and comprehensively explained to them all the things about him being crucified. So it wasn't a mystery to them when it happened. He had made it very clear to them, this is what's going to happen. And when it happened, they still never grasped it. So he, he, he is quite right to show up their foolishness and slothfulness in believing, um, you know, when he upbraided them. And upbraiding, upbraiding is a strong word. You know, um, you know, he, he pulled them up and said, come on now, you should know better. Now, why am I saying all of that? Because I think we're in, this, I think the church and Christians and, and leadership and people who gather together in church on a regular basis from Sunday to Sunday and go through some formula and some prescribed um, um operation every Sunday we go through some formula and I don't think we ever really question ourselves about what's what are we doing what are we really doing you know but we just go through some, uh, let me call it, I'm, I'm, uh, we go through some, some motions, some activities, and we call it, we've had church and stuff like that, you know. But the, the, so, so what I would be going back and saying, if we really define what we meant by church and what made church church, and we go back again, you know, what makes the church the church, as we would say, is Christ makes the church the church. The absence of Christ, we haven't got a church. 
you know, the absence of the things pertaining to Christ, the promoting the things of Christ. We haven't got church. We've got something. We've got some sort of a social club or whatever. We're conducting some sort of a um, um, thing that benefits us psychologically, emotionally, emotionally, but not 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 eternally, spiritually. But um, but but listen to um, I read quickly um, and something that the um, that happened during this time going Jesus and these two disciples. Now, when Jesus was risen early in early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Madeline, out whom he had cast seven devils. And she was she, she went and told um told them that he had that he had been sorry that he had been with sorry that, that he had been with with him in seen of peter probably what is it? oh okay must be yeah uh, as they as they mourn and wept and they when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her believed not after that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went on into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Now, but apart from brethren, yes, yes, some really, yes, some really thing, really, really powerful thing. Do we have no do we have no confidence? Have we lived such shallow and frivolous lives? Empty lives. That I will tell you, and not only me, but repetitious people will tell you the same story, and yet you don't believe. Have we lived so shallow as Christian that if I told you, that I saw Pastor Tony in town preaching in the Manda Center, and you say, I lie, you lie, I don't believe you. Am I such a such a um, uh, such a poor witness that you can't believe me? And that is part of our problem. We sometimes, by the way that we behave and conduct and our activities and engagement and the, the kind of uh, <coughs> Sometimes it's as if we don't live up to the standard that we should be. We don't. We be, we become a bit of a caricature, mimic, mimics whatever we want to call it, so that people can. It's a little bit like Boris Johnson at this moment, right? And I'm just using because he springs to my mind. <laughs> he represents the highest. Um, he represents the highest order. Let me call it the order of this country. But he's not credible. He's like a caricature. And why is he a caricature? It's because he has made himself into a caricature by the things he say, the way he says it, the things he gets involved in. His flippancy is 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 repetitious of of belittling and and all those kind of a mad mad um, traits that he depicts. He makes himself not a credulous person, so that you know you won't trust him. Now, what I'm trying to say is that. We are witnesses of Jesus Christ. 
and we have we should live a particular kind of a way, engage in certain things, and don't engage in certain things, so that our our witness is never is credible to those who will hear us. People can trust and respect and. It's like the prophet come and tell you something. Why do you believe the prophet? Because the prophet, you know that the prophet is a man of God or a woman of God. So you believe them. But if the prophet start to behave in an unseemly way, you scratch your head. You're not sure if you can believe. And that's the point I'm trying to make here is that, um, is that you know, when Jesus were abrading these people here, they should have, you know, one credible witness. It's as if they didn't trust one another. You know, they didn't believe one another. They thought one another was um, flippant and, and, and silly and scatty. And, you know, but we are, we're expert witnesses. If you, if you saw Jesus Christ and you knew what he looked like before, before he died, you walk with him, you talk with him, you breathe, you breathe the same here as him, you lean up in his shoulder, you were there. When, if you, if I tell you that I've seen him and I've spoken with him and this is what he said, you mean to tell me that you don't believe me? Do you, is that how much you respect my, my, my holy judgment? And, you know, and so Jesus upbraided them for these things. But then Jesus would go on now and he, and he, and he said unto them, when, well, I, Jesus, when he, well, this is, this is, this is now leading to the bit on the gospel. And as I said, I think we need to define the gospel before we even start to say, as Sister Evelyn was saying, we should do A, B, C, D, 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 you know, and I'm not saying what's Evelyn is, what you're saying Ev, is not, um, is not, is not the gospel, nor is it particular, but I said, but before we, before we go down there, we, you know, because we, the thing is what we're trying to do is to get everybody's attention and say, look what we've been doing for the last 40 years. Look what we've been doing for the last 10 years. Is this really what we're called to do? Is this the gospel? And if you're challenging those things, you've got to be able to show them through the scripture um, why what we have been doing doesn't reflect what we should be doing. So Jesus, J Jesus said to them, he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And here it is. This is the power of the gospel. He that believeth, believeth what? Believes the gospel. And is baptized, which is part of the gospel, shall be saved. And here's the next bit concerning the gospel. But he that believeth not, or he that rejects the gospel, he shall be damned. And then Jesus tell them certain signs and things like that that shall, that shall follow them. And, and, you know, and, um, and such like. So Jesus literally tells them what the gospel is. What can the gospel be? Whatever, whatever I told you about myself, whatever you saw, whatever the Holy Spirit told you about me, whatever you saw me do and went through, whatever you hear me say, Lord, come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I am the bread of life. Um. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What happened to me? I was born, God sent me into the world. I was born of the virgin. 
What happened to me? I grew up among men and I did mighty deeds. I raised the sick and cleansed the leper, blah, blah, blah. I did all these things. The leaders and religious people, they dislike what I was doing and they crucified me. And I rose again and I ascended into heaven. Anybody who believes this shall be saved. And anybody who do not believe it, who, anybody who believes it and is baptized, in other words, and baptism is coming under subjection to the, to the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody who believes it and comes under subjection through the confession of their sin and the submission to, of, to, of themselves under the baptism of Jesus Christ, the same shall be saved. But anybody who believes not this gospel shall be damned. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's a, and it is encapsulating what you said, but it's, yeah, but when I say thinking about it just, it does sound like I'm ignoring, it is a very much a Jesus plus nothing sort of thing with with the gospel. Because I think um, it, it, I think there definitely has been a change in how it's approached. Um, I've got a video that we can we can comment on, but then it's like if you look at Acts two with how um, Peter addressed all the Jews that were in his vicinity at that point. That is very much not the sort of approach we take now. It's usually like, oh, Jesus loves you, or Jesus saves, or as like as um, Rick Warren likes to say, um, or used to, used to say in the past, um, give Jesus a 60 day trial to see whether he works out for you. It's, it's it's like well how have we got to that stage um <laughs> from when like the day of pentecost was very much a case of we're going to um show you all that like you know we've experienced we walked with jesus we saw these things happen to him but the um um he was um he was put on the cross you guys put him there but this is all within the will of God that with him being raised up, like, yeah, with him, him dying on the cross, being raised on the third day, that we might have um, eternal life through the sacrifice of that, of what had happened on the cross as a payment for all your sins, um, that you now may be called his elect. Um, and obviously, you, as he's preaching this, you see how the Holy Spirit is very much working in the midst of it. I think I may have mentioned it in the past when you see the words that oh in the holy spirit prick their hearts um mm -hmm. the root word there i can't remember what it is in greek but it um it describes it as a uh, a violent um stabbing almost of the heart so it's not a oh you know just try jesus see if it works so, uh, you know i changed my mind it's like no i'm gripping you these this is what you've done but yeah. in the midst of all of this you're now going to be restored to then that relationship between you and God is now going to be restored. And obviously we know that 3000 people had, um, had come to, to faith at that point. What I'll do is I'll, I'll stick the, the video on. So at least you can get a, an idea because it's. And, and if I could say, if I say Reese, you know, um, what Rick, Rick um, Warren is saying there. So it just, it just, um, for me, it just depict to me how, Sometime in our approach to try to help God, we trivialize God. 
Mm. You know, we bring him down to um, to to a, a kind of a um, caricature level, as if to say, you know, we're trying to get get people to we are trying to bring bring him down to a level that people can accept him. You know, and and sometimes that's what we do when we try to strip away things. For some, you know, because you know, I say to people, and I and and part of the gospel is this: it ain't easy to serve God, neither to go to heaven. You know, and that bit people don't like to hear. People just like to hear that, you know, all you have to do is just confess Jesus Christ. What under the sun does that mean? Again, these things need, need to be defined. What does it mean? Confess Jesus Christ. You know, you know, do you confess him with your mouth? Because that's confessing, but it's beyond that, you know. And this is where this is where Jesus would bring it in and say, He that believe it and is baptized. No, nobody in their right mind is gonna. Um, and, and again, bapti being baptized is something that people need to be under understand what baptism is as they're going to take it on because it, it represents something very comprehensive and profound that they're doing and saying to themselves, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the witnesses in heaven and to everybody else around, you know, and they need to understand. And, and I do love and, 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 and speak frequently on them. Um, and John the Baptist's approach, when they came to John for baptism and they, 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 they asked him for baptism and John the Baptist, he knew the nature of the people and their, and their conduct. And he said, you know, and, and the people were also sensitive. The people were wise. The people asked him, what shall we do? You know, that is, so they know that, they know that there's a commitment they know the life that they live. They know their occupation, what their occupation, the kind of men their occupation made them into, the kind of monsters they were, you know. And so they came, and then and the, the, the scripture actually give them as category of people, the publicans, and then the soldiers come, and we know and understand. It would be like we said, the police came, and the police said, what shall we do? And, and John, you know, stop, stop brutalizing people, you know, because you have the because you you have power to do it. You know, stop lying, stop cheating, stop abusing abusing your your position your, your position of power. You know, and, and be become become disciplined, disciplined, viable, um, righteous, just-minded people. You know, and so um, so John the Baptist when the, John the Baptist when the soldiers came, so what shall we do? John the Baptist said. Do violence to no man because that's what their job did. It made them brutal. It made them abuse their position, you know. And the tax collector, when they came, don't steal from anybody. So, and then if you're prepared to do those things, you baptism is for you, you know. And, when the, and then it, when the when the wider scribes and Pharisees came, and and John the Baptist saw them. He says, ye generation of snakes, of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And he, and this, because they came to inquire, what do they have to do? And this, he said to them, go away and bring forth fruit worthy or meat for repentance. And then, and then you can be baptized. So people need to know what baptism is and why they're taking it and what it, mean, what it means to them, to God, to the Holy Spirit, to the angels in heaven. What is it signifying? You know, because it's, it's, it's like a marriage going on here. It's like a marriage. It's like, a, it's like, it's like a, you're giving, you're giving um, commitment. You're giving, um, you're pledging allegiance. 
you turning your back and whatever you were holding on to before, you know, and you're, you're confessing these things, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, yeah. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, what I'll do is I'll play this video so at least you can um, get an idea of what certain approaches are in certain, I can't want to say churches. Um, essentially, I don't know whether you guys are aware. Um, I think it was probably in the last three weeks or so. Um, there's this church, uh, Christian organization. I don't know much about them called Babylon B, but they had someone called, uh, they had Elon Musk on there. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, video, so yeah, the, them. Yeah. the video itself is about like an hour and 40 minutes long, but, um, at the end, apparently they asked like 10 random questions, but, um, the last question is the most, um, poignant one that I want us to, to discuss because um, it raises concerns on um, and how we feel it might be delivered. And I'll also share some other similar instances on this that hopefully we might be able to at least um, correct. Um, do, 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 if I just share my screen, go to this one. Okay. There we go. Uh, it's about here. Good pick. Final question to close right. our time out here. Yeah, I mean, we're here. We're, you know, the Babylon Bee is a Christian organization, you know, and uh, we're a ministry. Well, we, well, how come we're doing the show on a Sunday? Why aren't you heathens in church? <laughs> exactly. So we have to make it church right now. This is supposed to be a day of rest. We did Zoom church. To Do, justify it. Like God said, <laughs> don't work on Sundays. <laughs> okay. Liz, you're going to go straight to hell for this one. Get into the whole Jesus rest <laughs> thing. Okay. Straight to hell. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, so, okay. So, to make this church, we have to do, we have to make sure. Just to, We're wondering if you could do us a quick solid and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> On Real the quick. show. <laughs> um. Personal Lord and Savior. You know, it's a quick prayer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just say, like, I agree with the principles that Jesus advocated, um, and th that the you know there are some some there's great wisdom in what in, in the te teachings of, of Jesus, uh, and I agree with those teachings. Um, and things like turn the other cheek are are very important because, as opposed to an eye for an eye. Um, and I for an eye leads everyone blind. So forgiveness, you know, is important and um, treating people as you would wish to be treated. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Very important. So it's like a 60-70% as yes. <laughs> as Einstein would say, I believe in the God of Spinoza. Um, so um, but hey, if, um, you know, if, if, if Jesus is, is, uh, saving people, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't stand in his way, you know, like, I'll be sure, I'll be safe, why not? Sweet, we did it. Yeah. I think he just said yes. We got him. We got him. We got him. Sounds good. You want to get baptized or anything? Yeah. <laughs> I was baptized. Oh, oh okay. Anglican. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's done. They, they got, they got him in the water when it was just a baby. Cool. <laughs> This is like second. Yeah, I I even had like you know whatever, the whatever blood and body of Christ. It was kind of weird, you know, if you're a kid, like you 
get to give you some weird tasting, you know, biscuit and, uh, and wine. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I'm like, isn't this kind of Just cut it weird... off when he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this some like fading weird <laughs> metaphor for cannibalism or something? I, I don't get it. Like, what? Uh, uh, what the hell? <laughs> I will leave it there because he, he goes off on a bit of a tangent after that. Uh, mm. But I'm hoping that you guys have made have seen um, some things there that uh, kind of give you an idea. Because the things that I got initially was just like, well, if if that is the amount of effort you're going to put into preaching the gospel, then bearing in mind that this wasn't really mentioned at all. Um, or at least I don't believe it was mentioned at all during the entirety of this interview. They were talking about all sorts of different stuff. And to be fair, to give Elon Musk his um, credit where credit's due, he knows more about the Bible than he would let on. <laughs> and the, the stuff that he's gone through in his life um, has made him ask questions, you know, like why we're here and things like that. And he's even though he's at the moment... Um, listed as the richest man in the world, you can tell that there's still that thing wearing on the back of him, that there's there's more to it than this. There's definitely more to it than this. So I do pray that that question as to accepting Jesus obviously is a, is a, um, is a genuine thing that at least that the seed is there and God is working on him to the eventually where he would just uh, make a profession of faith. But I, don't hold quite likely to how the Babylon Bee had uh, approached this. And to be fair, a lot of people are saying that the um, the, the Babylon Bee do a lot of things in satire, but I do think this is a very poor approach to um, to preaching the gospel. But I'll open up the floor if you want to um, drop your opinion. Can I? Can I um... I did say that I had a, a scripture that I would um, that I could re read, which really is a fantastic, the best probably definition, um, very um, condensed definition of what the gospel is. And it's really, you know, and, and then from that, we could then um, bring it in to see what these guys did. Um, so, so this is what um, the Apostle Paul says. He said, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For this is the gospel, and for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sin according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again in the third day, the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Peter, Cephas, then of the twelve, after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greatest part remain unto this present 
but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Now, in a very succinct way, the Apostle Paul has laid out all the things that people need to believe and, 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 um, and accept and confess the thing that was a stumbling block to the Jews. Um, but this is it, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. Why is it the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's not something that he preached. It's what he lived. You know, so the gospel is the life of Jesus Christ, the, you know, the message of Jesus Christ. You know, that's what it is. You know, and, and, and in, in a very succinct way, this is his journey. This is what happened to him. This is how he was. He presented himself before God and the world. And this is what he did to change the world. And we have got to follow those things. Probably, have you got anything you want to share? Or... I, I do. I definitely agree with everything Pastor said there. Um, I'm always a little bit concerned when people are asked to accept Christ almost in a cajoled manner. And that looked a little bit like that. Mm. So, uh, Paul says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That was my second observation. Were these men ashamed to mention sin? Mm. Were these ashamed of the cross of Jesus Christ? If you are ashamed of, the, uh, of, the, of sin and the cross, you cannot preach the true gospel. So the substitute comes in. Paul says that they use the wisdom of the world. He says, when I come among you, I don't use words of wisdom. Sorry, I don't use wisdom of words. Or enticement. In, in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of these people are reliant on worldly wisdom to, in, to get the point across. But that is never going to work with the Holy Spirit to lead a person to conviction. So are they ashamed of the gospel? You have to question that. And I think that second point here, of, you know, ashamed of the gospel, embarrassed of the gospel, embarrassed about preaching repentance in this age that thinks that sin doesn't exist. It's a, it's a dirty word. It's not supposed to be mentioned. And until we recognize, until they recognize that God gave his son to die for the world, and that's the, that's the truth of it, you can't, you can't find words to try and compromise with that. So I would say... I'm very, I, I have personally experienced and seen these things where people seem to line up in prayer meetings and they say yes. And uh, well, they, they sort of go along with this confession thing and, and do you raise your hand and, you know, this. And then later on, you observe their life. Did repentance actually take place? You have to question it. Yeah. And that's because we're not doing what the Bible says, as Pastor uh, Alfred has explained. Yeah. Uh, and, and, the, and, 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 you know, and it's very clear that um, the very first message that Peter um, preached after, after um, they received the, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, and then the message, he laid it all out in there. He says, and he was talking to the Jews. He says, when they heard it, they said, well, and part of it was that he, he laid the blame. He says, you have crucified him. 
you have rejected him. You know, you have denied him. This is the stone that the builders have, have, you know, rejected, which is become the chief cornerstone. And you have rejected him. And he, he, the apostle was very, very positive and very pointedly. He put the blame on the Jews. He says, you did this. You rejected him. You crucified him. And that then brought them into the picture. They say, so what shall we do? And he says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. In other words, the Jesus that I'm telling you, you did this to, you did that to, you, he, he is your stumbling block. You've got to come and acknowledge him and you can't circumvent him. You can't climb over him. You can't bypass him. you got to go through him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me or through me. You know, and so that's what the Apostle Peter did. He brought them to attention. This is what you, this is who came to you. And you didn't recognize him. You rejected him. You crucified him. You ill-treated him. You know, but he is the salvation. You know, and you got to acknowledge him. What shall we do then? How can we make men's repent? Confess your sins, turn away from your sins, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And this beautiful word, baptism, again, which is telling us why baptism comes into this. Why does God want us to baptize? Baptism in a, is an act of submitting will and mind and spirit and body and desire under the shadow and command of the apostle of our soul, which is Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um, can, I, can I just say yeah, yeah sure go on yeah um, what I feel what, what I've seen is that people are, are afraid to offend and um, like um, Brother Alfred was saying um, as the scriptures you know clearly state that it will be offend, offensive you know when, when Peter was preaching the reason why they were so um offended is because it you know it made it showed them up for who they were and i think sometimes we try to preach a gospel that's you know we don't want to hurt anybody we no. we just you know come just come to jesus you know um you know just follow him and some people will even say you know when you come to jesus you know everything will be fine you know all your problems will go and, and that's another gospel isn't it really when you think about it and i don't know if anyone's ever seen um these videos by ray comfort oh does yes. anyone know ray comfort yes yes i, I just love the way he presents the gospel because that's what it is it is going back into the whole testament it is about the commandments, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt, and and when he approaches people, you can see the conscience being um, being pricked, really. And and then he brings the gospel in, you know. So I I just think we've just uh, the nowadays the gospel has been so watered down. People don't feel guilty anymore over the sins, <laughs> you know. They're not made to feel. Um, that conviction which they should feel because how can you repent if you don't acknowledge that you are a sinner that you've sinned that you've offended God um, so that's 
that's what I have to say, really. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the watering down of the gospel. And the Bible does clearly say, I mean, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, that the gospel is an offence, you right. know, to, to those that that don't believe. Is that correct? It will offend the preaching you. of the cross. The preaching of the cross, sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which yeah. is the gospel, so. Yeah. And you know, you, you know, you know, we we could we could find another we could find some nice definition for the gospel, man, and, and that really goes to the core of it. Now, and when Je when Jesus was before Pilate, and Pilate, um, Jesus was, you know, Pilate said to him, he says, "Are you a king then?" And he says, "To this end was I born, uh, and for this reason came I into the world to bear record, a uh, witness to the truth." And then Pilate asked a very very crucial word. What is truth? Yes. Now, 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 the, the truth that Jesus would have told him, the record of the truth, what is that truth? The truth is God. The truth is our fallen state with God, even though we're pretending that we are all happy and we're just 10% not right. The West is, the, you know, um, India and Africa and China, they are, 99.9% .9 out of sync with anything that is righteous, and the West, or oh, we're only 10% off, 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 um, left, left of center. We're not, we're not too bad, you know. Uh, you know, but no, the truth is all have sinned and all are going to hell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him and believe mean yield, submit, Follow, practice, run, chase, submerge, aspire to his, his lifestyle, his attitudes, his attributes, you know, and um, and that, you know, those are that's what the Bible says, shall we say? That's what it is about um submitting to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is really everything, the truth of God, which is Jesus Christ, revealed to us, telling us. We are broken. We are fault. We are we are flawed. We are we are on our way to hell, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. and Jesus come to rescue us. And one other thing, and I will hold my fire. One other thing that the gospel is as well. We call it the good news. And you, you, why should it be called the good news? Well, for a lot of reason. One of those reasons is this. It's almost like it's almost like um, you're gonna be. I'm gonna be sent to prison for a very, very long time. For you know, um, fifty years, I'm gonna be sent to prison, and all my life is finished. Everything that I was planning to do, and um, they are finished. They are. They are. They are just, I. I will not come back out to even smell any of what I was gonna do, and then all of a sudden, is that Sister Emily on the platform? And Sister um. Emily. Is, who's the yeah. fifth person? That's Katrina. <laughs> and Katrina, oh, I could. And Katrina come and say, um, Brother Alfred, you're reprieved. You're not going to prison again. Now, remember, I had a sentence over me. And I am reprieved so I can now live out my life in a, in a different way. Now, this is exactly what Jesus did. And if we go back to, the, we go back to Malachi, the last chapter of Malachi, and sometimes... We don't realize and recognize also that John the Baptist was part of Jesus's gospel, you know, and, uh, you, you know, because um, 
because this is what Malachi said in chapter four. God said to Malachi, he says, I'm going to send the prophet Elijah to turn the heart of the people to receive and to be um, susceptible and receptive to Jesus Christ who will come. And if, if Elijah, John the Baptist, is not successful, this is very clearly written in Malachi, if he fails his mission, if the mission fails, if he's not successful in the mission of, of turning the heart of the people, God says, I will come and smite the earth with a curse. Not smite Israel, smite the earth with a curse. Now, that's the good news. The, <laughs> the pending disaster that was hanging over us was averted because of the work of John and, of course, the full um, sacrifice and message of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, how we were delivered from an impending hellfire and brimstone. You know, um, and, and that's a good news. That is the good news. We are saved. We have been delivered. We have been reprieved. We have a chance to make a totally different um, lifestyle for ourselves now. Yeah, I, I do agree with that because um, it kind of pulls, it's like a nice segue to um, the the sort of things that I've heard. And I guess like we've, we've gone through this pandemic now. Um, we've gone through all sorts as a church. Um, I guess like as we're going into the pandemic, everyone was kind of made light of this like prosperity gospel and all the stuff around that to kind of distance itself from that. Um, then we left that and then the George Floyd thing kicked off. So um, you we're hearing people saying, oh, we know we don't need to preach the gospel. We need to talk about social justice. Um, then as that kind of like simmers down, um, you can find that a lot of uh, there's a few churches not necessarily like um not demographic but there's certainly churches out there that have like a very well you might see hints of it um every now and again like a man-centered gospel um because uh i remember having a conversation with uh someone from our church in a in like a group setting the question they asked was how do you um how would you uh reach out to someone would they approach you'd have to someone who's never been in church, you know, don't know anything about um, Jesus or Christianity or anything like that, um, be different to your approach in a witness sense to someone who was in church for a bit and then decided it wasn't for them and they left. I argued that the approach wouldn't be different because if I stand by what scripture alludes to, um, in terms of like I said, like the, the perseverance and the saints want, God, once God has claimed that person, he doesn't let the grip, he doesn't let his grip um, loose of that person. So um, under that pretense, if someone was in the church for a bit and decided, oh, it's not for them to have left, the opportunity is, oh, I need to preach the gospel to them, but I need to make sure that the gospel that I preach to them is the one that is the biblical one. Mm. So it is a case of showing them their sin, showing them the standard that God has and where they lie. Just like you said, that you know they're a criminal in God's court, mm -hmm. and there's nothing they can do of themselves. No matter, not they can't do anything good. You know, 
you may have helped the person across the street and you know knitted this thing or such and such but you're a criminal in his sight your um righteousness is like uh, filthy rags but the only reason um but yeah there's nothing you can do um yes jesus is uh, god is love most definitely but his love is just as strong as his need for justice um people feel like they're entitled to salvation but like if if that's the case then why are you not um going down to the crown court saying that every person that walks in there needs to be let off that no you'll say that you know they've done something wrong so they need to be punished for it it's the same for us mm. so um having that understanding that we can't do anything of ourselves but jesus has you know unconditionally decided to take your punishment for you it shows just how loving god is in the fact that he sent his son to to die um, a death that we should have died and lived a life that we couldn't live so that we could have that relationship with him again we can have the holy spirit um indwelling in us our hearts are now um no longer stone but they are made of flesh our desires are to glorify him um and things like that um and going through all the other sort of like spirituality things about it but then um i once i explained all of this the person said oh um i agree with everything you said i totally agree with it i totally agree with it but you know it's a bit harsh you know telling someone that they're a sinner you know i've been talking to somebody who says that oh you know um we need to we need to share our testimony with them you know saying you know god has done this and god has done that you know and i used to be like this and then this changed and this changes as well that um it's uh, there's a quote that i've heard from costa over the last two weeks or so it's like your experience is very helpful but it's not divinely inspired and to top it off paul says it's, it's the gospel yeah. that um is the is the means to, to salvation it's not saying oh you know because if it's a case where we can use our testimony then it's a boast of oh well i've done this and i've done that and i've done such and such it's like well if these sorts of things are we've already seen how people are already like um latching on to other things other than what the gospel is and then to hear this is i see on the cake as to oh no the gospel is not enough well that makes sense because when you know the george floyd thing happened you weren't saying that oh you know we need to call these people to repentance it's oh you know um white people this and black people that we need to do such and such we need to do such and such it's like no no like we've already discussed it on previous episodes like the <laughs> these things are sneaking in but we're not saying oh you know what let's be discerning and let's look at this it's just like no i feel this way or i feel you know mm-hmm. my emotions are riled up in this way so rather than me stick with the truth i'm just going to go with how i feel and then it kind of then transpires into um what we we're talking about earlier or what i wanted to talk about earlier in terms of um how the bible sort of lays out how a church should operate to how we have um, seeker sensitive churches so in terms of like the biblical model um i can use um acts 2 again as a, as a mainstay that oh i guess and some of the um letters from from paul you see that the church is the place where um the church, um, those who God has saved come together, they edify each other, they you know meet each other's needs, they worship God, and then they go out to witness, to go find God's elect, to preach the gospel to them, and then they can also join the fold, and then they can be um, 
you know, ministered to and they can be gone through doctrines and things like that, strengthening them, getting them off the milk, getting them to the meat sort of thing. Whereas the seeker sensitive model is the opposite where um, you leave all the, um, like the worship stuff and all that sort of displayed on the outside. Um, no, no, yeah, no, sorry. They've got it backwards. So they want all the witnessing to be done in the church, but then everything else is done outside. So it's a case of, oh, um, and that's, but then obviously um, it, that is completely opposite to scripture because obviously we, we have Paul who says that, you know, no one seeks for God, but you, then you're going on the pretense that all unbelievers are looking for that something. So that's again where the Rick Warren thing comes in, like try Jesus for 60 days and, you know, it'll work out for you. And if you don't like it, then try something else. Or it's like this thing I hear on CBN is, like, oh, you know, after you've tried everything, try Jesus. It's like a, um, almost like a, Repentance is a suggestion, you know, it's not necessarily something you need to do, but you know, it might be worth trying, it might be helpful to you down the line. But then obviously this this arena has given way to people like Stephen Furtick, um, Michael Todd, um, Joel Osteen, all these people are like TD Jakes who don't preach the gospel, it's very much like I want to make you feel very comfortable. Um we won't talk about sin, we won't talk about repentance, we won't talk about that, you know, this is where God sees you. Um, I'll just make you feel comfortable. You know, we'll have all the sort of like the music sort of stuff. Um, we will talk about like your life issues and have motivational speeches about, you know, like anxiety or um, depression and things like that. Um, and then we might sprinkle a bit of scriptures in there just so then it passes the litmus test, but then it's very much <laughs> focused on you and your emotions. And then, um, you'll say that, you know, we've had a really, really good service because I was moved emotionally, you know, the right chords were played and, you know, this person sung this right and I felt better and I can invite all my friends to this sort of thing because essentially we're having a concert. That's what it is. But then... Brother Reese, just sorry to interject. Go on, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think you've raised some wonderful points here, but there are some uncomfortable truths which uh, we need to address here, yeah? These people are false apostles, false preachers, false teachers. Mm -hmm. The Lord never sent them. Mm. Jesus Christ, our Lord, did not send these men to preach the gospel. If he ever did, they have backslid. Mm. They are against the cross. They are against the name of Jesus. Now, take the first guy. Uh, you mentioned Rick Warren, yeah? yeah? He invented something called Chrislam. Christians uniting with Islam in one faith. Okay. He talks about a peace plan. In that peace plan, he mentions nothing about evangelism or peace. These are false apostles, false teachers. Behold, the ministers of Satan are transformed into the ministers of light. These men are deceivers. T.D. Jakes, and I call them by name because they are deceivers. Now, here's the problem. If I am an immature Christian or I'm guided by the flesh, and it appeals to my flesh, and somehow it disguises the fact this is the gospel, I'm going to be jumping up and down thinking I want my business to grow. I want me. It's all about me. Mm. The gospel is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Paul says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ crucified. This is the unpalatable truth with these people, but it's also an unpalatable truth with so-called Christians who want to be well off in the world, who want to succeed and want to be successful, have everything they need. And these men appeal to the flesh. 
They want, this is the kind of Christianity they want. You're not going to go down. You're never going to suffer like Job. You're never going to suffer like Paul. Because they only want that side of the gospel. And this is what, what's troubling me is that has the church of God a prophecy gone along with these people? If we truly are the church, a, a church of God, if we truly are part of the church of God, we believed at one stage we were the church of God, but now if we are belonging to the body of Christ, we need to be different. We can't be following their agendas and, and, and their social gospels. It's coming through some of our uh, instructions coming down, and I, 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 I don't like that at all. And I think it is sad. Mm. You know, it is sad that when you have our leaders standing up and proclaiming and uh, making homages to George Floyd and things like that, you know, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable the kind of things, depths with this we are falling to. If we truly are born of God, you don't, the Holy Spirit of God is here. Jesus is directly connected to the church by the Holy Spirit. He guides the church where it needs to go. The problem is there's a false spirit at work. Mm. You can talk about wheat and tares. There is a false spirit. So it is an individual responsibility, but I think there's a church leadership responsibility that when we see false doctrine, when we see false teachers, they need to be called out. Would you, I mean, the, the hireling, doesn't hang around when he sees a wolf coming. The true shepherd gives warning. The true watchmen stand up. But I don't see much of that going on in our church. I just see everything hunky-dory and we have problems, but we go, we'll do what we're good people. We'll do what the world wants. We'll, we'll do what the, uh, you know, we need for, to keep our health together. There is a Christian guy who was actually uh, arrested for preaching the gospel during COVID time. They arrested him and fined him, and he took his case to the court, and the judge gave him an extra fine and also sent him two years into prison. That man stood in front of 10 Downing Street with the cross so that Boris Johnson could see him, that he was how much injustice was being carried out. Do you think that our God sits in heaven and doesn't notice what's going on? He, bring, he can humble these men down, and that's what we are noticing. No one can stand in the way of the preaching of the gospel, except that we might choose not to preach the gospel. Paul says, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Mm. Comfortable, fearful, that's what we become. Misdirected into, you know, into our businesses, into our homes, like Haggai said, who's building the house of the Lord? It stands in ruins. The wall is broken down, you know, and we find that people are wondering, is this the right church? Is this the right teaching? It troubles me that people are reading books left, right and center. You only need the gospel. You only need the Bible. You only need the Holy Spirit. And then you, read, you should be ready to run. That's it. You know, there's, there's nothing else. The rest is just nonsense. Mm. Well, I hate to leave it here, but... Editing-wise, you still have a fair bit to go through, so it allows us just to keep up the pace. But um, there is a lot more that we're going to transition into that you should see. At some point during this week, definitely before Sunday, but yeah, just please bear with us as we try and get through that. But um, I hope that at least this conversation has at least stirred you um, into... Working out what the gospel is in your own heart.
and there's certainly, yeah, like I said, a lot more that we are going to unpack. So yeah, I won't say much more than that, but uh, until the next one, take care and God bless, and we'll see you very soon.